Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Impact Studios podcast series here at the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business here in Ann Arbor. I'm your host, Jeffrey Sanchez-Burks, faculty director of the Impact Studio, where we harness design and business acumen to help create equitable, sustainable solutions for organizations. Good afternoon, Fernando. So share with us your story of you becoming a CEO of a digital market agency in Traverse City. So, you know, made in Mexico, born in L.A., grew up in Los Angeles, son of immigrant parents, moved here from Brooklyn, New York, after just basically saying that I had one of those Jerry Maguire moments. I had been working in, in ad agencies in New York, and I just said, why am I like I could do this for the next 20 years of my life or I could do something completely different, you know, and, and I just decided that it, that that I wanted to do something completely different. And I read this article about. Um, this company that that was in this community that I had never heard of before, which is Trevor City, Michigan. And it was this little tech company and it wasn't necessarily one up web, but that thread kind of opened up my eyes to the community that is Trevor City, Michigan. And and this micropolitan, and never heard that term before, you mm, know. Micropolitan. Micropolitan, yeah, it's probably okay. some, some, something that real estate agents create. Right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like light space in New York, right? Like, oh, this apartment has a lot of light space. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and, and once I, I came here and I and I did a little bit more digging, you know, I, I found one of web and I was very impressed with the caliber of clients, the industry that they found themselves in. The founder of this company had been written up in Entrepreneur Magazine. She was on the cover of that magazine and, and on on ink and and then the more and more that i started digging there were these like like heavyweights yeah because i was going to ask you what are some of the things you're doing differently in this covid world and there's no pre or, or there's no post yet um and so when did it become clear to try to help your clients stay afloat um and figure out how to shift from just a transactional relationship to a real collaborator, real partnership? So basically, we, we made the call to have everyone in, uh, work remote a week before that executive order came through from Governor Whitmer. And then that following Monday, it just kind of hit me, you know, like, like, this is, this is, this is different. This is significant. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is going to impact a lot of our clients, because, you know, we had a couple clients that are, you know, large cinema chains that, you know, they're not, they weren't, you know, they went for having, you know, packed theater houses at the Alamo draft house to basically not being open and no revenue, right. They can't even do contact list curve uh, to then other clients that, that just weren't allowing, they couldn't transact their business because of the nature of their business. And so basically that Monday morning going into the office, I just posted a note and really an internal memorandum to the whole company and our account managers. And I said, look, you know, right now, pick, like, pick up the phone, don't send an email, like don't shoot them a Slack message, pick up the phone, call your clients and ask them how they're doing. Uh, Ask them if there's anything that you could do to help them. Mm -hmm. Ask them if there's anything that they need from us to make the transition of having to work remotely smoother. Is there anything that we need to change in the way that we work? Just, but ultimately at the end of the day, all I wanted was for them to just connect with that. Mm -hmm. It was interesting because, you know, um, a week after that, we have a a client that is a 
a franchise system based out of Canada that that does it's it's basically a different take on on uh, the gym for a geriatric population. It's mm-hmm. like uh-huh. like body positive, age positive, like spaces. Of course, my Canadians, right? Like they're thinking like that. But they are actually their flagship gym was opening up in Ann Arbor, and you know, we were connecting with them. Obviously that all changed, right? Like those were one of the places that you couldn't go to when the executive order went through. And when we went on a, we got on a call with them shortly thereafter and, and the president of this company like broke down in tears and said, out of everyone that I work with, all the money that I spend with all these different partners and agency vendors, you were the only one that called us and just said, how are you doing? Wow. Wow. Just the, just the empathy alone really helped. You know, um, one interesting thing. So you come from Los Angeles and you now you're up there in Traverse City. And Traverse City is this sort of burgeoning tech town in a way and growing. What, what are some of the things you're seeing on the ground there in terms of how that part of Michigan is responding to all of this? Traverse City is famous for there are the, all these amazing companies that are doing amazing things and have been for the last 20, 30 years. But nobody knows about it. And we are a small community, you know, right. it's not like it's this big ass city, right? It's like, oh, I had no idea that we had this tech, the space tech company that was here. I had no idea that we had this surgical manufacturer here that's a global manufacturer of this. And and that was, it's almost comical, man. And, <laughs> and, and you know, to talk about the resiliency component specifically that you mentioned earlier, um, that sense of community that exists. Um, is really shining right now where people are are really committed to shopping local, staying local. There's a, a, a large remote workforce uh, that, that is here um, that thankfully is still employed. So whilst there is some contraction from, from you know, an income perspective in some areas, um, specifically service-related industry jobs, mm-hmm. um, there's still a, a, a good foundation of our economy that's intact. Um, uh, there's not a lot of turnover. Um, a lot of companies in the area are pivoting their, their business model to, to meet the new needs and really the new opportunities that exist. Within your company, what are some of the things and challenges you faced as the leader trying to keep people together, not just uh, also employed, but also just as a, as a culture, given all of the various stresses <laughs> people are going through? That, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a million dollar question right there. Um, <clears throat> it, it, it's certainly tough, if I'm being honest. Um, and I recognize that, you know, one of the things that, that, because prior to this happening, when I would, in the interview process, a lot of the, the, the reasons why the, the people were, were coming to 1UpWeb outside of just the work itself was, you know, a lot of these remote workers miss the camaraderie that comes with working in an office, yeah. you know, and, and, um, and there were a lot of people that I hired that just wanted to be able to come into an office and connect with people. And, and it really concerned me that all of a sudden that that everybody was going to be working remotely. And um, so we went out of our way to invest in technology. And I think I mentioned it kind of briefly earlier, but, um, you know, we have this, this chat technology known as Slack 
here at the office. And, right. And, and it, it allows us to connect with people in real time. It's like the whole chat room, right? Like, like AOL, like, like vibe. Um, and, but we also made a point where we used to only do all company meetings once a month. And I decided to do those meetings every Tuesday, but the, they were changing in the sense that we weren't going to talk business. It was always going to be like just a weirdo random question that I was going to ask everybody to answer like publicly, like, like, you know, like what's your desert Island album? Like, like what's your, like, what's the one like fast food that is your guilty pleasure what, you know, what extracurricular activity do you find yourself doing in high school, you know, and, and bonus point, if you brought a photo, uh, and, and stuff like that. And nice. just basically trying to create the connections with one another. That's exactly what it, it was. And, and at first there was a little bit of a grumble of, of, uh, you know, this is an hour that I could be productive, which is hilarious, right? Like I'm the guy that owns the place and is like <laughs> creating a lack of productivity, but I realized that 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 if you don't have a, um, a framework that feels like like because when you work remote, you can really miss structure, for lack of a better term. And it's one of those things that you don't realize until all of a sudden it's maybe a little bit too late, right? Mm-hmm. You find yourself maybe feeling a little bit um, not rooted, and and so creating this schedule where we knew that every Tuesday we were going to do this. And also taking advantage of the fact that we live in a beautiful area and, you know, we could socially distance outside and, and we would create these, these, uh, um, these little like pop-up opportunities for people to connect with one another. We would create random, um, you know, like if anyone wanted to eat lunch together, here's the zoom meeting, like that's going to happen every at, at noon. You could just pop in and nice. just have lunch with each other and then, you know, the beautiful thing about it is stuff like that just kind of started to take off um, oh, where this week, one of my colleagues started a, a, a parent support group. And so at lunch, um, every Monday for 45 minutes, there's a Zoom meeting where people kind of just eat their lunch together and talk about their young kids. Because I have a lot of young families here. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like, you know, my, my baby's acting colicky, what worked for you? Like I haven't slept in three months. I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Does, does anybody do? want to take this baby away <laughs> for a while? <laughs> wow. You have no idea how many times somebody has said that. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Well, I mean, this, well, I mean, that's amazing. In some ways you really sort of, uh, tried to help them redefine what productivity is, sort of the role of culture, but seeded it in a way that then they started to see the value of it. Yeah, you know, and, and it's very important, you know, that, that you know, my, my colleagues feel like they're being supported right now because if, if, if they're not feeling supported and if we're not going out of our way to be even more flexible for our coworkers to, to find whatever gear it is that they need to find in this new, you know, reality that we find ourselves in um it's just going to be even more stressful which is only going to affect our, our, our work product yeah well this is um i i didn't know as much uh nearly as much about sort of the community in traverse city and it actually sounds like it's a perfect fit what what you're doing sort of the zeitgeist and the culture within the community 
um, under these trying times. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of organizations have to deal with this sort of weather issue, <laughs> right? It gets cold here and, uh, that significantly influences how much connectivity we can have with one another, given that, uh, distancing is harder indoors. Um, but still making the most of it. When I took over the company, you know, I started to, to kind of change the culture, create a more flexible environment, um, and then slowly started to, because, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to spend, you know, $90,000 to buy laptops for everybody at once, right? So you do it in phases. And importantly, like, you also invest in technology to support this, this flexible, like, work culture. And for all the growing pains that we went through, Right. Like because when you are are creating a flexible environment, it is really difficult for you to manage from a human resource perspective. Um, and and so through all those growing pains and all those evolutions, never in my wildest dream that I realized the one of the positives of going through all these evolutions and growing pains would be flash forward COVID-19 hits. Everyone, you know, I sent a notice to everybody on Sunday via Slack. Hey, everyone's working remote. If you need to come into the office to grab a, a, a device or anything like that, do so. But, you know, we're shutting down the office come Monday or Tuesday. That flexibility then, our investment in technology prior to that made for that transition to be so smooth mm. that while everything else around us felt like it was on fire and falling apart, there was this comfort that we were able to provide for our coworkers from, from the perspective of just, just knowing that it was just another day at the office. Yeah. Yeah. The, you were prepared, accidentally prepared for this remote context. Like what COVID allows you to do is, is it's a perfect excuse, right? Like if you want to try to reinvent yourself and take advantage of the moment, and it doesn't work out like COVID, uh, you know, and, and, and everyone's in this, this boat together. So it certainly took some of the pressure off. We have clients that are, like I said, like they're multi-billion dollar multinational construction companies down to companies like Under Armour and, and like first tier OEM companies, right? they are having a harder time pivoting in this, in this culture, in this environment than we are wow. because we don't have as many processes, procedures like, Oh, you're going to have to get this approved by so-and-so like, so in that regard, it's, it's been really interesting to see that, that culture, uh, the creativity of the staff that work within the organization and also the recognition of leadership to be able to, empower that as very much tied to success right now in this time. I know you're a busy guy and I want to um, thank you again for having this conversation. Um, it's wonderful to sort of hear your perspectives, not just sort of what's happening um, in the community in terms of just these, these tight connections, really helping everyone survive, but also sort of how you're doing it, how you're sort of building resiliency within this um, difficult time. And, you know, as a small business owner, uh, within the community, these stories, I think, matter a lot because others are curious. Well, how, is, how are other people doing this? Uh, what are some tips, tricks, and, uh, and lessons learned? So I appreciate you sharing those.
Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to connect with you. Obviously, you know, the work that you do and, and the organization that you work with are, are just world class. So I certainly appreciate that. Until next time, thanks so much for listening. This podcast was produced in collaboration with Glenn Bugala.